Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And we are in a fancy, fancy hotel uh, near Central Park at Chris's sister's hotel room that Chris is staying in uh, to record Dopey. You wouldn't believe... And we have uh, a very, very weird and special episode today. We have two guys, Jed and Jay, from the new exciting podcast, Church and Other Drugs... Uh, and they want to be on Dopey, and we're going to be on Church and Other Drugs. So what's up, guys? What's up? What is up? <laughs> you guys, w- you wouldn't believe why we were so late. I, I'm, I'm eager to hear. It's crazy town. Chris, you tell me. It was really cool. So we actually met. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually met in person, our first Dopey fan, and he took us out to like a Three hundred dollar dinner and bought us gifts. Dude, and just shit. For, just relax, man. It's true. You don't need to. He's gonna listen. Yeah, dude, it was this, awesome. A great guy, dude. This guy, we'll call him Billy Baru, yeah. is a, a a great dopey fan, a really sweet guy, and he he really thinks that dopey's gonna be huge. He's a statistician, and he's figured out that dopey's gonna be huge. <laughs> and he was Are you ins- me? no, he insisted on taking us to this steakhouse. We ate like kings. Yeah. He told me that I'm the funniest person he ever met. I took it with a grain of salt, and yeah. here we are. Yeah, but it was—it was crazy. But it was cool. That it was is really crazy. Cool. We, yeah. we have is to, he like a—is he a legit uh, statistician? Yeah, sports. Or, or is he like a? Uh, I'm in recovery, and I'm a, a nuclear physicist. <laughs> no, he's tw- you know, you know I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. He's the—he's re- wealthy. Yeah. You could see it on him. The wealth—you could just see the wealth all over him. Yeah. Like he's slick. That's like when I went to prison, this guy told me, he's like, man, prison is great. You can be whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> a lawyer? Hey, nobody say you're lying. Yeah. No, but um, you can well, tell. In jail, you could tell who's, you can kind of figure, maybe you think Billy was lying about everything? Do you think I it was it. all lying? Well, if, he, hey, if, he, if he paid for a $300 dinner, that's, that's. Yeah. Either he's got a stolen credit card or that's legit. Yeah, <laughs> he seemed very legit. Anyway, we'll yeah. take it. Anyway, we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, but or, but so let me intro you guys. Um, so this is Dave and Chris from one of my favorite podcasts, which is why I'm I'm a little starstruck. But uh, <laughs> Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and other dumb shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you guys, I I pitched the idea of doing a show about drug stories, and then my friend Jordan was like, "Oh, you mean like Dopey?" And I was like, "What? What?" And then he showed it to me, and I was like, "Son of a bitch, man! Beat me to it." Um, but yeah, so how to how long y'all been doing it? Please. Uh, our first episode was January 21st of this year, so it hasn't even been a year yet, um, and we're at oh, like, awesome. yeah, it's cool, we're at like 57 episodes, we've had to take down six and a half, six and a half, yeah, <laughs> five because of, <laughs> five because of Dave's, um, f- family, his fiance, uh, one, uh, okay. one, one because of AA, and one because I said some really dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's podcasting is like living in the future is great. Like like stuff like this that gets to happen. It's like listen to this podcast, reach out to people, and then we can be on each other's mutual shows. Is just 
pretty rad. Oh, it's wicked cool. It's awesome that, you know, we're seeing each other for the first time, but we share the common bond of addiction. And I can just tell right off the rip that you're two pretty cool guys I wouldn't mind kicking it with, you know? One, one pretty cool guy. Oh! <laughs> I like Jay. He's very unassuming and sweet. I, I think, well, well Chris, dude, you are my, uh, man, we would have had. So how many treatment centers have you been to? Uh, the number's around 15 somewhere. Uh, yeah. 18. <laughs> oh, you got me beat. I think you and Nick Reiner are the only two people I've ever met that got me beat. <laughs> I just want to yeah. say, I want to say one thing. I remember when, when Jed first emailed us and he was like, son of a bitch, I wanted to do that show. Uh, yep. maybe <laughs> I'll send you a story. And I was like, dude, send a story. And then I think I was also like, do the show anyway. You know, like, yeah. what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there's no reason that there can't be two amazing podcasts about drugs, addiction, church, religion, kicking it old school and dumb shit, right? Kicking it old school. Absolutely. Oh, show. Hmm. We should, uh, we should network up. We'll start our own podcast network. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. We, what could we call yeah, it? Exactly. The Recovery Network. The reco- we call it the Recovery Network. The Corner. The Corner. The Corner? Yeah. Or Recovery yeah. Corner? The Corner? It could be a Recovery Corner. No. I kind of like the Corner. No, let's just call it the Corner. <laughs> Isn't there something called the Recovery Network? There's the Sobriety Network. Why don't we call our? We should just call ours the Sobriety Network and steal their shit. <laughs> is, it, is it copywritten? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. It's a so, good uh, uh, so what is what is the worst treatment center you've been to, Chris? The worst treatment center I've been to. Well, I've been to a lot of bad ones. I mean, the um. I can tell you the worst treatment center I've actually ever been inside. I'll start with that one because I've never mentioned this on Dopey. So I was at this really bad treatment center, um, and it wasn't really actually necessarily bad. Like, there was good people who cared there and stuff, but it was one of those, you know what a therapeutic community is? Yeah. Have you heard of Cinecore? No. Is that that, one? Yes. It's Behavior Modification Therapeutic Community. Yeah, so say, so you get the deal. So I was in one like that, and they would like bus people to all different AA meetings, um, like throughout LA. So the guy thought it was really funny. You know, it was like a, an eclectic mix of people. You know, there was like primarily like uh, Mexicans, blacks, and and, and white people. Um, but it was like an equal sort of mix of all of them. But there was this one rehab called House of Yahuru that was in uh, South Central, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was on like off of Crenshaw or something like that. And so the guy who did the AA meeting list, you know, would bus people around. He thought it was really funny. So he'd always put me in that bus. And so it'd be me and like all the brothers, all the black dudes going to house of Yahuru. And I'd always be like, what the fuck? Like, why are they always sending me to Yahuru? <laughs> and, and it was just, I would go there as a person. I was like the only white person in the entire place. But I remember the first time I went in there, I come there and there's straight hookers outside the place, like walking, like strolling outside the rehab, you know, like all like big heels on and stuff. And a fucking car plows into a dog, right? Right outside the rehab and kills the fucking dog. And the car just takes off. And like everybody just looks at it for like a second and then just goes about their business. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, did anybody ever see that? So 
House of Yahuru, though, the meetings, which was with the other people that were there, that was probably the craziest, oh, like, on, most degenerate reaction. Did you stay in the House of Yahuru? Yeah, I went to meetings there all the time. Did you sleep there? No, I didn't sleep. That was the worst rehab I ever actually just went inside. Oh, okay, okay. You, know? you weren't Did a you ma- make a- can you make a t-shirt that says, I stayed in the house of Yahuru? <laughs> I, <laughs> I stayed at Yahuru. So that was the worst one I ever went in. But probably that, like, that therapeutic community. I mean, I was at some really shitty places where I just, like, hopped the fence and left. And I didn't count oh, those. Yeah. In, yeah, I didn't even count no, those in yeah. my tally, you know? I, I, I was a stayer. I stayed, well, at least for the first, like, the first 10, I'll say. I was, I wanted to get sober every time. I and mean, that's, like, I'm. We are very similar in that, like, I grew up on Blue Light, Airwood. Me and Jay tripped Coruscant the first time, when I, and that was my aha moment. And oh, I was man. like, I was DXM, and yeah. I was getting drug tested for, for weed from my parents because they are super Christian, and they freaked out when they found out I smoked cigarettes. So I looked on Blue Light, and I was like, oh, Benadryl, DXM, yeah. robo-tripping. Like, What's you know, I Coruscant? I just went off the rails. Yeah. Coruscant's another coffee, oh. another coffee, yeah. Um, yeah. They, I used to mix the, um, well, I would just drink Robitussin Maximum Strength cough, and then I'd mix it with, like, 12 Dramamine. Do you guys ever do the Dramamine? Yeah, that's, dude, <laughs> those, those were some of the most terrifying uh, hallucinations I've ever had. Did dude, you see oh, the Shadow oh. People? No, what's the that? Dramamine Shadow People? Oh, you the Shadow... Dude, no, one time I took a bunch of Dramamine, this is fucking wild, and I looked at the wall, and I saw, like, a math equation written on the wall, and it was, like, the way you did it, it was long division, and it was, like, the way you would do it in, like, fourth grade, where you don't put the decimal sign, you put, like, R for, like, remainder, and so I, right, so I saw this equation on the, on the wall, and then, and then I fucking wrote it down, and it was, like, something, like, 325 divided by 19,862, something like that. And the math was done right. And I saw <laughs> it on the fucking wall. Isn't that uh, wild? Wait a second. You're, you're saying you visualized... I had an open-eye visual hallucination on the of wall... Of an equation. Of an equation that was like a fourth-grade math equation, the way it was written where you write, like, remainder instead of a decimal point. And I actually wrote it down, and then I did it out, and it was correct. So when did you see the movie? That was on Dramamine, though. That, like, so I don't this, know if that counts as the shadow people, but... This is my, this is my, my claim to fame Benadryl story, which is the same thing as Dramamine. So I, I took, like... I don't know, half a bottle or so, a yeah. bunch, and yeah. I, my friend was spending the night right, and I had bunk beds, so I don't, rem- I, I don't remember what happened. This was all recounted to me. My friend woke up. It was Bobby Jay. My friend woke up, and he said that he was on the top bunk. I was eye level with him at three in the morning, shaking my car keys in front of his face, and he said, "Kid." What time is it? And he said, I grabbed the alarm clock, ripped it out of the wall, looked at it, and said, 392. (laughs) (laughs) And then my, this is where it gets sad, is my dad just found me in the living room in my boxer shorts and a book bag, and I was just rocking back and forth. And he was like, Jed, what are you doing? It was Sunday morning, and I was like, getting ready for school, Pop. Do I still owe you money from McDonald's yesterday? And he was like, what did you take? (laughs) Oh, my God. So, wait, what was the worst rehab you were in? Cinecor, without a doubt. So that's the behavior model, yeah. It's like impact. Yeah, it's like impact, exactly. It's like where you go to avoid prison time. Yeah. And it's like you have to... You're not for the first thirty days. You're in OT, and you have to learn a, a 
one-page Cinecore philosophy, which you have to, like, spout out like a drill sergeant. You're not allowed to talk about movies, media. You have to do pull-ups on people, they're called. Oh, wow. So it was like a more, was it like a moralistic, um, was it, like, faith-based, or was there that component, or is it? No, What is it? It was, um, it was, it, kind of like Teen Challenge, but not faith-based. Okay. It was nice. like <laughs> the cynical philosophy is based on the belief that unless I accept myself for what I am, I cannot change or accept my potential. And it's like a paragraph. I still remember. It. <laughs> right. And so they, they would say, that, and they take away your name. So I would have to go by Jeffrey P. You're not allowed to tell people your last name. And they'll say, Jeffrey P., plug in. And that means I have to say thank you and recite the cynical philosophy. And if I don't say thank you, that's a punishable offense. Right. Oh, my God. How, how old were you when you were there? 26. Yeah. How old are you now? 29. 29. Yeah, I got two two years and four months sober. Nice. 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 And you, Jay? Jay, are you a... Jay's got five. Oh, you got five years, Jay. I'm knocking on the door of eight. Eight? Oh, my God, dude. Congratulations. How do you guys... sober at 22. Oh, wow. So you're, you're going on 30 and you've had eight years. That's awesome. How how do you guys? Today actually. Today's your birthday. Today's yeah. my birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> happy yeah, birthday! It, uh, That's like nice. me and Jay uh, started getting high together in high school, and then we moved. I moved away because I moved to Louisiana in 2005 to go to treatment, and then I just stayed in treatment. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Just moved to different states, and uh, he ended up getting sober, and. Um, just stayed sober and then so I would basically like call him every eight months when I was you know when I hit that moment of clarity like dude I need some help so he let me like come out to California and try to detox off meth at his <laughs> at his apartment <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I think my favorite, of- my favorite is always been like oh I know I haven't talked to you in six months but my crack dealer just beat the shit out of me and maced me and took my mouth oh, <laughs> I called you after that <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> he knew you'd yeah. understand, Jay. He knew you'd be the guy to call. <laughs> nobody, all right. That's right. No, that's that right. was the, nobody believed me either. Everybody thought I made it up. That was the worst. I don't know. I was like, yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Uh, so what, um, how did you, since you're a fellow chronic relapser, what, what, what do you owe to getting sober this time? Uh, both of you. Chris first. You want, you want me to start? Oh, God. No, well, no, Dave looks like he's chomping. Are you ready? Oh, uh, the reason that I'm not, I mean, I think the thing that stopped me from chronic relapsing was uh, reproducing, to be honest with you. I think having a, yeah. chi- having a child uh, uh, is the, is, was the great equalizer for me, and it was not as soon as I would have liked it to be. You know, I, 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 I was still fucking around a little bit when she was a little baby, but like it 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 took fatherhood for me to to really get a, a handle on this thing and and it really wasn't necess- that I don't know if that's true or if that's just what happened do you know what i'm saying right. like like yeah, yeah. like hindsight's 2020 yeah because i mean something clicked and and sobriety and recovery is incredibly more attractive to me than getting high at this point but i have to say last night I had this crazy, crazy dream, like a crazy using dream, where where I was in a town and I was living with my father and I was shooting dope, 
and my dad and I and I'm like high as shit, and it was very you real. Actually, got high in the dream. Mine always end right before. No, I actually something. I always miss I, I, or something. No, but I took Nyquil last night. I've had a cold and it was late uh, and I had to get to bed, so I had one of these Nyquil nightmares, yeah. and and I got high in the dream. But did you? He's asking, did you feel it in the dream? I didn't feel it, no, like, yeah. feel it, feel it, but I was high. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, like... My, my, my sponsor calls calls that a free lapse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, straight up. Yeah. Um, but my, So my dad comes up to me in the dream, and he goes, are you getting high? And I was like, no. You know, and I was totally lying in the dream. And he goes, well, what's that on your arm? And I had just shot dope, so I was bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> so I licked my finger... In the dream, and I wiped the blood away off my arm, and I said, "It's nothing, Dad." And, and then I was like, "I was like, oh shit!" And then, and then I was like, and then in the dream, it was like, I hear my, I hear my voice in the dream say, "Wait, Dave, you're dreaming. This is, it's, it's gonna be okay. It didn't happen." And then I wake up, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Thank you. you know, so I mean, like in terms of, and I relapsed. I, I started using drugs when I was late. You know, late compared to you guys. I was like 18, 17 and a half when I started using. But then I used every day until I was 38, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's like life went on and I didn't stop and it only got worse and, uh, and bad shit happened. And I think, though, uh, it's AA, it's my daughter, it, it's, it's, you know, being a man, you know? It's just, I don't know that it would have happened without her, it's, but thank God it happened with her, you know? It's usually a, a perfect storm of, of like, Desperation, timing, environment, people, and it's like, yeah, that, that's that's oh, the thing. Because sure. it's I like you do the fatherhood. I mean, fatherhood changed everything for me. And I, I mean, I met my wife but, in the program and all of that. Uh, but I mean, I, you're a different person. Just like the steps do, right? Like just like the steps. I was a different man before and after. But the moment my son was born, I was a completely different person. I, so I can see so- how that could catalyze getting sober. I'm so nervous about that too. I just got married too. My my wife is also like we went to rehab together like four times. <laughs> uh, Did you go with her course. with her to the same rehab four times? Oh yeah! Wow, that's oh, wow. crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. We met when we were sober. We were both living in Oxford houses. I don't know if you have those out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, like I relapsed and hid it from her, and she relapsed and hid it from me. And then one day I picked her up from work, and she was like, "I have to tell you something." I did heroin today, and I was like, well, do you have any more? <laughs> yes. And I was like, well, uh, all right. Were, um, you, were you clean at that point, and, or were you just chomping at the bit, or were you using? Chomping at the bit. Right. Mm-hmm. I was chomping at the bit, waiting for any excuse. And so, luckily, I think we just kind of had to get it out of our systems. But, uh, yeah, now our sobriety dates are four days apart, and we just got married. So that's all crazy. Nice. But I'm terrified of having kids because I was talking like I interviewed my dad on the first episode. It's like, how how do you raise a me? <laughs> like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like what the heck? Yeah. The joke is that you... is always do we save for college or do we save for rehab? You yeah. save for rehab <laughs> <laughs> for sure with my kids' genes, right? And yours too. Yeah, yours too. and all of us. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I I think it's very scary to have a kid. Um, and I was not clean uh, when we had the kid, and I and I, and I was not. I didn't have that moment when 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 my daughter was born. In fact, I like went out and got Xanax when my daughter was born because I was just using and scared oh, yeah. sure. and yeah. uh, and mental and like I didn't know what the move was. 
uh, it took me another year, basically, to get it together. Uh, and, and thank God the kid for that first year is barely anything more than a kitten. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, the more the more she had it together, the more I could get it together. And by the time she was talking, I was really listening. You know what I mean? It's all when your kid starts yeah. talking. That's like for me, it was like. It's just that's it's, it's not a little lump of flesh. It's a being. It's not a kitten anymore. It's a person. So I ask all fathers this. It's like because I'm so selfish and I just can't imagine a being that I'm just not selfish towards. But is it true that like there's just something about having a kid? There is just some magic thing that happens. Really, I, I wish have said yes. I, I wish it was true. But Jay, you got. I mean, for 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 me, it's true, and I bet for you, it's true. But how many fathers out there? are totally yeah. selfish and mistreat their kids sure. and, and well, yeah. you know <laughs> I mean even if I'm honest with myself there are moments that I'm selfish right well like, yeah, yeah. Not, it's uh, not just yeah. like I'm this selfless fucking thing because <laughs> I'm certainly not oh I'm I'm always yeah. trying to get my kid to watch things that she doesn't want to watch just because <laughs> I want to watch them I'm like, oh, for sure. I'm like here. Here's Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis. You're you're gonna love this video. I, I really want you to like this. And she's like, Daddy, why are you showing this to me? And I'm like, because you're gonna like it. You know, I don't know if that's selfish or if it's just like you want. I mean, like, no, no, that's that's culturing. Right, 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 right. Uh, I, I I don't know. Like, I I love. It's a chance. It's like I was a self. I'm I'm a totally selfish, self-centered motherfucker. And the opportunity to 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 give that up. It's like going on. It's like being sober. It's like going on vacation yeah. from your worst self. It's an opportunity to be better. You know. I sound very I Pollyannish, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> you, you love know, that, that word, good. Pollyannish. I do like that word. <laughs> What's another word for Pollyannish? I don't know. Do you guys know another word for Pollyannish? <laughs> Holier than uh, thou. Hol- okay. There. Sanctimonious. Sanctimonious. Yeah, I don't want to sound like that, but it's all... Oh! It's true. Dave, while I have you on here, can you please say your favorite type of ice cream? It's like it's like audio butter for me when you say chocolate chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> no, that's not my favorite. Vanilla chocolate chip. <laughs> well, you, well, what you say when you, I, I was eating chocolate chocolate chip. No, yeah, I, I, when I was living in California, I would have a pint of vanilla chocolate chip and the chocolate chocolate chip. There it is. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, it's I that do. New York chocolate chocolate you like to it hear. Is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the chocolate. When you hear me talk, it probably sounds like I hear Long Islanders talk yeah. when they're like. Welcome to the Great River Non-Smoking Meetings of Alcoholic Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Uh, so, uh, you know, have you heard um, Chris R., that speaker? Yeah, from Brooklyn. Right? Is he? Uh, the one from, he's got an eye patch. I've, I, I have never seen him. I've listened to Chris R. on, on, on xa-speakers.org. I thought he was from Brooklyn. What's, I might be uh, wrong. What's, what's, uh, what's the program like up there, I guess, is roundabout where I was going with that. Well, it depends. Is it like is it like a bunch of vomit meetings or are they talking about God or are they talking about uh, just go to a bunch of meetings and you'll stay sober or Well, it totally depends where you go and especially I mean even in I mean Dave can speak further about this, but even in like New York City, there's just every type of meeting imaginable and when I lived here, like one of the ones I I didn't go to a lot of meetings, but one of the ones that I made enough 
was um, the Pacific Group, which it catches a lot of flack because I, I mean the Atlantic Group. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Atlantic Group, the Pacific Group. Oh, like, Pacific, yeah, Pacific <laughs> Groups. They're saying they're saying they're like sort of their sister um, uh, fellowship or group in um, LA. But the Atlantic Group is like. That's a lot. Chris likes to wear a jacket and a tie. No, if you speak, you're supposed I to wear a jacket. They're crazy over there. I, well, the reason I, the reason I liked it though was because like I got sober and I went through people who were like, we read the big book and if it tells you to do something, we do it. We don't really offer a personal opinion, and that's exactly what uh, the Atlantic Group does. It's just super mm-hmm. book based. You get sponsored yeah. by someone in the group. They don't let you talk about drugs, which I didn't like, and they actually have. I, I, yeah, I hate that's that. That's the hill I'm gonna die on. Like I, I get so mad about that. Yeah, but the, the reason it resonated with me though is because there's a lot of meetings you can go to, and they're basically mutual self help groups, which is like not what AA is. AA was originally uh, yeah. the twelve steps and the book, and then later on, meetings started as a place to talk about the steps. You know what I mean? And to share the solution 100%. with each other. Yes. Yep. So the yeah, Pacific absolutely. Group, I mean the Atlantic Group, it didn't lose that, um, and it's also really cool. It's six or seven hundred people, so every speaker they get is fire. Yeah, they actually have narcotics and the, they have uh, narcotics anonymous like in the corner for the one meeting I went to, and they're like, if you have a they do that. They're represented. They're actually represented. So they're like, if you have a different problem and it doesn't resonate with you, you can like go to the narcotics. You can go to the junkie corner <laughs> with you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like, but that's just one example of a type of meeting. And then I would go to ones in Williamsburg, which is this like hipster, swanky sort of area in Brooklyn, and it would be people like that are just dressing weird. I mean, how would you describe Williamsburg? It's it's like, first of all, there's a lot of... Is that like Soho? Is no. Soho is like money. Williamsburg is like if you took Seattle or Portland and put it in Brooklyn. Uh, okay. You know, it's like tattooed people, very attractive young people. Then you have some of the old-time artists from the neighborhood. Yeah, and you could have you could have at their meeting, you could have a transvestite go to an AA meeting and talk about shooting dope and nobody would bat an eye, where if that same person went to the Atlanta group, they'd probably throw them out. You know what I mean? And, right. and I liked both. I liked both, you know, so... Yeah. 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 Yeah, my, my thing, like... My thing with the, because uh, this got brought up the other night about not being able to share on drugs because you're worried about offending the drinker. It's like, well, if you if the drinker leaves, there's a much less percentage chance they're going to die that night than if the heroin addict leaves. I'm just saying. Totally. Like, and, and, to- and, and fucking if you read the book. I get it. You get, I get it too. You don't want to alienate certain people or push people away. But if you read the book, fucking they talk about high-powered sedatives. Read Acceptance Was the Answer, you know? What's that? What's that? Acceptance Was the Answer. The dude who would slam pentothal and then jump yeah. in bed next to his wife. You know what I mean? Like they talk yeah. about drugs in the big book. Right. And it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, historically, weren't drugs just like accepted back then? It's like, just don't drink, but you can do like pills and. Yeah. Yeah, take key bumps and stuff. Yeah, it's it's just. Yeah. Is that true? No, but isn't isn't it like, like, first of all, Alcoholics Anonymous happened when? In the 40s? Uh, It was uh, right after the Depression, so it was 30. Mm -hmm. 20, was it 38? Was it 38 or 20? It was 38. It was like before the real phenomenon of abusing medicine in the same sort of way, I think. I think people did. 
I think it was. That was like, but that's not far from when you could buy like laudanum at a corner store. At the, like, the medicine yeah. show. How bad? How many times have you watched like Deadwood or like Tombstone and been like, man, if I could just get some of that sweet, sweet laudanum? Yes, <laughs> yes, laudanum. You know yeah. about this stuff? Yeah, they they, they used to have um, Bayer heroin pills were over the counter, yeah. but Bayer aspirin was prescription only. Oh, well, those were the days. Those were the days. Well, it was a big deal because back in the day, you used to see a doctor, and a doctor then could give you the prescription, basically, to for taking heroin, and, like, you'd get it, and then, like, basically the DEA got formed, and they started to criminalize drug abuse, and doctors felt like their licenses were on the line if they prescribed heroin to their patients who were withdrawing and stuff, so they stopped giving it out as much. But back in the day, if you had a habit, you could go to your doctor and they'd write you a script even after they took it off, you know, it wasn't over the counter, you know? That's crazy. Oh, they yeah. also, they used to write prescriptions for alcohol during Prohibition. Like, doctors could still give it out. They would oh, like, really? Yeah. I know. That's wild. So you're, you're, um, you're studying to be a counselor? Is that right? Or a psychiatrist? A psychologist. So, psychologist. You know, a, yeah. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. They go to med school. A psychologist is you get a PhD in clinical psychology or counseling psychology or a PsyD, which is what I'm getting, which is a doctorate in clinical psychology but with no research emphasis. So I'm not going to so, learn uh, how to do okay. research. So what, yeah. what's, it, what's it like being devilishly handsome and intelligent to boot? How's that working for you? I don't know about that. How is that working for you? Not well. <laughs> it's really. <laughs> well, so what do you want to do with that? I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to go the, the counselor path. I'm starting this little like, uh, so I can get my, my counseling training license. I'm starting that in January. Oh, awesome. So give that a shot. What are you doing for that, Jed? It's a. Uh, each state, I guess, has their own, like, regulatory board, so I just got to take, uh, uh, like, weekend classes for a year to get my continued education hours so I can sign up under a counselor to get CIT, which is counselor in training. Yeah. That sounds cool. Why do you want to yeah. do it? Because I feel like I, I had been, I've been in treatments so long that I've seen, like, the treatment mode models change like from when i was first treated when i first went to when i last went was completely different so it's like i have a lot of experience and i feel like it would just be wasted you know i feel like i at least need to give it a try i think that's my purpose really i guess of course i ran yeah. i i ran from it for a while i was like i didn't want to do something in this field because i always felt I like it was either. a Oh, yeah, I felt it was a cop-out. It was like, oh, I guess I'll just do this because it's the only thing I've ever done my entire life. And um, and so I didn't want to do it. And then I, I did it a little bit, and I kind of liked it. And I was like, well, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and think back, like, how much of an imp- – I bet you can think, if I asked you who was the coolest counselor that changed your life, I know there's someone you have in mind. Oh, yeah. And there there was – there, there was You se- could be that guy to someone. Like, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. And, I, and, I, when I was trying to figure out if I wanted to do it, I called one of my old counselors, and I was like, so, you know, should I go into this field? Is, like, is it rewarding? And he was like, well, let me put it this way. We're having this phone conversation. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, Jay, what do you do, man? I'm actually in marketing, and so that's why, um, you know, we're, we use a pseudonym because it would not be great if my employer found out that I was a crazy 
junkie um, <laughs> in a past life. It's like suit and tie to wear kind of thing. So I do a lot of uh, digital marketing. Right on. Awesome, dude. So are you yeah, going cool. to use that? Are you going to use your skills for <laughs> church and other drugs? <laughs> I yes. am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, mm. we are. Nice, so we're building out a new site tonight and we're going to um, get it and launch it live, man. We're stoked on the launch January 1st. So when listeners hear this, it will obviously already be launched. But What number episode is this? This is going to be number two. We're launching uh, on January 1st. Sweet. And I want to yeah. just say to the Dopey Nation and the Church and Other Drugs Nation, People. I don't know what they're calling it yet. But, <laughs> I don't know yet either. But that, the, con- uh, the, con- the congregation. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the, con- the congregation of the Church and Other Drugs podcast hosts have their shit together way better than we do. They got the audio, the marketing background. All I'm thinking is that maybe Jay wants to market dope. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely pushed y'all on my on my friends for sure. Um, <laughs> no, whenever whenever I meet anybody in 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 any sort of capacity and they tell me they do something, I'm like, oh, well, maybe maybe you want to do that for Dopey. Yeah, dude, we get an, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the beginning we get an email from somebody and Dave fucking immediately like calls them is like, hey, do you want to manage our Instagram? <laughs> I, I did that with like five people. Like we had some housewife, some like totally sober housewife who was like. Oh, I'm really interested in, in what you guys do. And I was like, interesting, our login code is dopey. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is post whatever you want. It'll be okay. Oh, oh man. And, and I was ready to give it to this guy who took us to dinner. I was going to be like, so do you have any interest in uh, posting our Instagram <laughs> account for us? But Chris is actually finally doing a really nice job with our Instagram account. Have you, yeah. right? It's a little risque yeah. and taboo, I would say. You're doing a nice job. Yeah. It's not very recovery centric. Well, there is. We are like we are kind of filling a a niche market, but like there's there's so many more of us. Like it's there's so many of my friends. There's so many people like you, and there's just not uh, there's just not a lot out there. You know what I mean? If you if you search for any kind of recovery that isn't like some idealistic, like you know, yeah, just some. Totally. You gotta, you gotta hold my attention, man. You gotta like hit me with the with the nitty gritty, and then bring in some realness. Like earn my trust, and then I will listen to what you have to say. And I think uh, that's a gap that needs to be filled. Totally. You you were talking about like who was that one counselor, and there there were several people that you know were capable of reaching me, but ultimately the people that did and the person that did, it was like they said the same things that I had been hearing for years. And it was that convergence of several things of me being ready and beaten in, being beaten into a state of reasonableness. But really what happened is they, they hit me with the dopey and I was like, I looked in the person's eyes and I was like, this person has got the same fucking thing as me that has the exactly, capability of yeah. killing them. And then I, I, I followed through with their suggestions then, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that, that's what I'm like. If you're, if there's not many people that, uh, their stories that I couldn't be like, yeah, yeah, I've done that. Shooting crack, shooting coke, yeah, okay. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. uh, my, my one shooting coke story that you will appreciate, Chris, is so I was carpet crawling, right? Yeah. One night, and I uh, I stumble across, I mean, the most giant mound of, <laughs> of 
white powder. Which never happens. <laughs> it's usually <laughs> smart food or something. So, <laughs> yeah. so I freaking loaded up, loaded up the spoon and hit it, and immediately it was like, that tastes like sink. And so what had happened was, you know when you get deodorant and it's sharp when it's brand new? The stuff yeah. flakes off, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, I had wicked it on my trash can to round it out. Yeah. So it was just a big shaving pile of deodorant, so I totally shot up Old Spice. Oh, my God, yes. dude. That's I think that's bad. something you probably haven't even shot up, that, right? I've never shot up Old Spice. There you I go, shot Jen. up a lot of weird things. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that, man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's yeah, something. But, um... So, and then we're also, we're trying, um, cause we, we happen to be Christian and, uh, so we're doing, but there's, there's a lot of people our age and, um, we are like, we were like burned out on like our, our parents' church and the church. So we're kind of trying to do, we're, we're deconstructing as they call it or whatever. And like, we have our Christian beliefs and yet we have this past is junkie alcoholics that we're not going to shy away from. And it just kind of builds on that. So we're trying to see if there's an audience for that. And just, um, where, uh, how does, has God had anything to do with the recovery this time for y'all? Um, well, I think that, I didn't, that sounded, <laughs> no, no, that sounded no. Not like I wanted it to sound. No, but, no, I get the question though. Um, I think the short answer is for me that God has everything to do with my recovery. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I, I don't necessarily lead with that, you know, a lot. And that, um, you know, you, you asked Dave earlier, you know, how he got sober and it was, again, it was like a convergence of several things in my life, but ultimately like I attribute my sobriety to my higher power. I grew up Catholic. My dad goes to church every day. He goes to church six days a week. I still identify as a Catholic. I believe in about 60 to 80 percent of what the, not even 60 percent of what the church says. And I think the rest is crazy. But um, I also believe in reincarnation, karma. I believe in all this stuff that just is totally has, doesn't relate with like, you know, my Catholic faith. So my conception of a higher power doesn't make sense and it changes a lot. Um, Cause those things but always growing, which I think that's all it's gonna, it's gonna change. Yeah. And that, that's I why I can't go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important for me to say too, when we identify as Christians, but I don't get behind everything that every Christian has ever had to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so wait. I, th- I think, when John moved, when John moved to California, oh, this is real quick. When you moved to California, and I went out to visit you, and I was like, "Yeah, John, my Christian friend," and I was like, "So how are you and Jesus?" And he was like, "I don't know anymore." And I was like, "No, California's ruined you." Which is so funny. Which is so funny because you were like not a cat on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was worried about your soul while I was on meth. <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's important to be open, right? And and we identify as Christian guys, um, but I think that that swings it varies um, it, from person to person, and and staying open and honest and seeking truth is is really what it's about for me, at least. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say yeah. that when when the shit hits the fan in my life, still to this day, my conception of God immediately reverts to the childhood CCD thing of like. Uh, a male 
f- old figure with the beard and like a What's cane. CCD? CCD is like religious classes that you go to at church. And, like uh, catechism? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so like it immediately reverts to like I'm being punished for being bad and rewarded for being uh, good. Yeah, that's what I had to unlearn. Yeah, and, but it, it's I'm saying in like the, the worst times, like I, I still revert to that sort of childish view. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and And not even like I don't even think it's necessarily a, a bad thing. You know what I mean? But when I'm spiritually fit and spiritually centered, it's like I'm much more open minded, you know? Um, it's yeah. it's funny for me. I, I grew up in a totally like culturally Jewish house, and uh, practicing and my, or cultural practicing, but still more cultural than practicing. Like my okay. father, my father would say he was an Orthodox uh, atheist in that he was raised hardcore Orthodox <laughs> Jewish. When he was around thirteen, he discovered science which really went against a lot of rabbinical teachings and stories from the Talmud. And he went all in science, but culturally he was always Jewish. He loved the songs. He loved the food. He loved the tradition. He loved the family. And, and And being a New York City Jew is a thing in itself. The cultural aspect is very, very thick. Uh, I grew up with, without God, uh, like completely devoid of God. They don't, you guys probably don't know many Jews, right? Well, Louisiana. No, I, I, no, I know a couple. A couple. One of my best friends in my senior year of high school was Jewish, and they always called me honorary Jew crew. There so, it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Old The Flash. He was a big fat guy, and we called him The Flash because he couldn't run fast. Well, in Manhattan, in Manhattan, you can't throw a stick and yeah, not hit a Jew. They're everywhere. So, um, <laughs> so, like, I grew up, like, amongst, you know, many, many Jews and, um, and many, many different kinds of people because, like, Manhattan's like that. But I didn't have God. And then, like, I couldn't get sober, I think, for a long, long time because there was no conception of God. I didn't have a problem with God. I just had zero conception. You know what I'm saying? Like, so by the time this time came around, I was just like, I had such an obsessive mind and such a a self-obsessing mind that I knew that I needed relief. And so I said, I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. And when I could open myself up to the concept of a higher power, to the concept of God, it had nothing to do with Jewish God, Christian God. It just had to do with something bigger than me that could restore me to sanity and could do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And and was kind and was a force of good in the universe. So it's like, it's funny because I, and I, I identify hardcore Jewish, but culturally and in terms of spiritually, it's just a much more open field for me. And, and, it's, right. and it's been so helpful and nice. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm also, though, uncomfortable talking about it. Like, because I don't, my religion is so, like, Jews believe that we're the chosen people. And even though we probably are, it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> to say that, you know? <laughs> we're, uh, hey, we're grafted in to the, to the Jewish uh, Absolutely. tribe. Absolutely. You know, all Abrahamic religions, Jewish, Christian, or Islamic, it's the same basic thing you know what i mean like i people don't like it when you say that a lot but there's a lot in common and then over the years they've just kind of 
like falling apart from each other. When I was 12? But they, I love Eastern religions. You know, it's because I grew up in this hardcore Catholic family. I'm like, hmm, what about Hinduism and Buddhism? But Just because that's how I am. But they're you also know? very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But when I was 12, I want to tell you guys a funny story. It's not yeah. a dopey story. All right. When I was 12, my best friend, who was a Filipino Catholic, was being confirmed. And he was like, I want you to come to my confirmation class, the Sunday school. So I went. And, uh, and, the, and the Sunday school teacher is up there and, and talking about um, the crucifixion. And he's like, and, and she's walking around the room. And I felt like it was like Saturday Night Live or something. And she goes, because when your people put my Savior on the cross <laughs> no. and you did this to oh, my man. God. And I'm like, 10. I'm like, oh, my God, uh, what happened? But uh, <laughs> oh my God. So that was, that was tough. Yeah. But at the same time, incredibly funny. Hmm. Um, and he, and you know, like, what the fuck, man? It's like, we're way better off without division. And it's way better off, like, with people. Get, it's like, it's like AANA. It's like, why can't there be some unilateral recovery group like that? Well, it's like in AA and NA, it's even like, there's these people who get so lost in the traditions who have been sober for a while. They're almost like those fundamentalist religious fanatics. And right. it's like, just Literally, fucking well, work they, the uh, steps and be spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Wilson yeah. and the, the big book has become scripture law yeah. and executioner and yeah and it's yeah. Missing, missing, yeah missing the forest for the trees what about it even being called the big book was it always it was, called, it was just called the basic text no the basic text is N.A. so what's it called what, how, who called it the big book first I don't know that started because it does like so recall and the, the preface it says like the first hundred after it started being published people the the Wait. fellowship started calling it the big book. Wait, did you, did you call it a preface? Yeah, pre- I heard that. A preface? I, I, I preface? picked up on that. I need my, yeah. I need my, I need my privacy. <laughs> um. <laughs> Very nice. But anyway, but it's funny that we, we uh, put Bill Wilson on this big, always on a huge pedestal, right? But he was a, a womanizer and... Yeah. Ate acid all the time. Which yeah, is super funny. Well, it's funny actually. I talk about the acid thing a lot, and um, so he, he and and I I have like an open mind, and it's kind of and I don't like to think about it too much because I'll give myself license to take hallucinogenics again. But I I I do think for certain people they can help someone find God or spirituality for people who are struggling with addiction and it's a very certain personality type and i think that's what bill originally wanted was he was like maybe certain people who are struggling with the higher power concept could benefit from lsd and then all these people were like you chris cannot no i cannot i cannot i I think about because it is it is hallucinogens are a a diff they're they are different yeah, it's a different thing. But I fully realize now that when when you said the uh, that it's spiritual porn, that's yeah. totally true. And there, it's not. It's 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 really it's a big joke. You don't uh, like a. Um, it's fleeting. I a documentary it's fleeting. like Edward or um, Shulgin, the guy that research did all the research chemicals, the two CBs and all that. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know the guy, but I know all the research chemicals. Basically, people that did extensive, <laughs> yeah, extensive tripping, and yeah. it's like I didn't really—you don't really learn anything lasting. Nothing changes. You're just—you're—it's fun, dude. Like, and it's well, they especially now with like my like, I believe you're 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 opening some doors that nary shouldn't be opened. Like, yeah, 
Wait, nary shouldn't be open. Does that mean it should be open? It should not be should. open. <laughs> but if you're saying nary shouldn't, you're kind of double negative. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good pickup. <laughs> nary shouldn't. Yeah. Absolutely. You're a, you're, you are a cunning linguist. My <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> uh, so they shouldn't be open. They shouldn't be open. They shouldn't be open. I think, like, anything, though, like, people who take Ibogaine to get off, and Dave's taking Ibogaine to get off it, if they follow it Did up. Did you really? Did yeah. it work? I gotta hear about that. Listen to the Ibogaine episode. It didn't work. I knew it. <laughs> and I, all the research, it was like, yeah, you'll have this amazing thing. There's no detox. The very, the very abridged. Go to Canada the, and take Ibogaine. The very abridged version is I had a company send me Ibogaine to Canada uh, because I couldn't, I wouldn't pay to go someplace to take it. I also didn't uh, pay them for the Ibogaine. I was so they sent it for cheap. free. They sent it for free. <laughs> they said they said when you get clean, you can pay us. Yeah. It's like here we are, twenty <laughs> years later, and nobody got paid. When, when you get on your your ninth yeah, step, ninth, you can pay yeah. us. Yeah, I have to figure out who they were. There's yeah. some weird Danish fucking company that sold psychedelics across borders. Yeah. It's like <laughs> anyway, I, I wound up getting the Ibogaine in Canada, coming home, making myself this very thick tea putting my mattress on the floor so I wouldn't fall out of my loft bed and I drank the tea and I had this insane fucking trip where I went to the desert and there were pyramids and a blue alien came to talk to me in the Ibogaine trip but I decided in the trip that he was a loser and I didn't want to hear what he had to say (laughs) shortly after I came to and I was like I gotta get some fucking dope and that was that that was that was I do I do think there are some people who take Ibogaine though and afterwards follow it up with a, a program of action, whatever that might look like, and get sober. Of I, I do think that's happening. Anything's do, possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the people I do think I honestly think it like everyone could benefit from taking LSD once. It it just unboxes your built in hmm. you're stuck in a, a paradigm that you can't get out of. Dude, have you have you ever have you ever heard the stoned ape theory? Uh, refresh me. I so, think I have. So basically there's a group of like scientists that believe basically the spark for consciousness was basically we were, you know, we evolved. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yes, yeah, so that the apes. They, well, I heard one that uh, it might have been that like uh, from that Neanderthals ate other Neanderthal brains and like the pineal gland like opened up. Yeah, wow. it's a similar. It's a similar thing. It's like, like they found they, they found psilocybin yeah. and they ate a bunch of psilocybin, magic mushrooms, and uh, that sparked yeah, consciousness. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, though, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but in all my extensive, yeah, tripping, it, it it got me nowhere. And oh, in this, have you ever? I chose acid as my drug of relapse one time, and that was a massive mistake. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. If you don't think my trip was not devoted to, oh, Jed, you just, you relapsed. What are you going to do? Dude, you're how- on probation. What are you going to do? <laughs> how about That's- relapsing on acid while you're managing a sober living and the clients under your <laughs> care are in the next fucking room? <laughs> Peeing in bottles because you don't want to go out and use the bathroom and want them to notice you're tripping. That, that was and that was that was in between the ecstasy use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I did, yeah. So long story short, not for us anymore. No, and, no. Uh, I'm on. I'm on the that. level with that, dude. For me though, for me, the reason that I won't take psychedelics, the number one reason, 
it's too much work. My brain is so tired. The work that it would put my brain into, it's more work than I want to do. It doesn't seem like a nice place to visit right now. I feel like the war no. has been fought. I lost. And if there's one thing I don't want to do, it's take psychedelics. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. fun with them when I was a kid, but fucking A. Like, I'd be a hamster in a wheel, running, wondering why I'm in the wheel. Yeah. It's too much for my little brain. <laughs> I, I, I have finally figured out that, like, Whatever I think it's going to be like, it's not going to be anything like it. And I'm not going to like it. And, like, really, I've given up my right to chemical peace of mind. And, like, there's definitely been a shift where most, pretty much every every drug has turned on me. And I just experienced the horrific. And I'm a, Jake can attest, I'm a chronic overdoser, too. Like, I've been in comas. He saw me get Narcan back to life. So it's, yeah. So, can't do... That relationship yeah, is over. But that's also the classic thing, like when recovery, you know, it sounds stupid, but when recovery ruins drugs, you know, at some point, there is no drug that I could take that would ultimately make me, maybe Xanax, I'd feel good for like an hour, but the third hour in, I'd feel bad, you know, and I mean, like, you just will feel bad with everything that we've learned and everything that we've been through, it will not end in a relieving place. See, that's, totally. You got woken up from the Matrix, there's no, there's no going back. There's no going back. I find that when I've relapsed with this knowledge, the only thing that I would seek is blackout. And it probably still yeah. sucks in the blackout. I just don't remember. It. <laughs> You're just blacked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. When when you end up paying two hundred dollars to pass out and then wake up, like that's come on. Like, what, what's really like? What am I even doing? Here? Yeah. Totally. Um. Definitely. How are we looking on time, fellas? I think we're. I think we're. We're through. We're good. I think we're, we're good. Well, I, I would. Uh, I would love to. Uh, to do this again, man. I. I thank y'all for coming on. Well, it was free. We could do it whenever you want. Yeah. You know, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. here. It's not that hard awesome. to get us. You know, we're, yeah. we'd love to do it again. Dave just might have to force quit all his applications next time again, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had. We had to. We had to teach. Uh, teach some new tricks. Yeah. We're gonna put. Uh, yeah, we're going to put a link to Dopey in the show notes, uh, so everybody go check that out. Sure, we'll do the same, and we should... We don't have show notes. Well, we have the we don't, we don't have a iTunes write-up. Yeah, we'll put it... Well, we'll mention you guys in, in our write-up, and we'll put you in our Instagram and Facebook. And make sure we coordinate. We'll try to release them close to the yeah, same thing. January 1st. Okay. You're going to release this one on the 1st? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're dropping the first three on the first. Awesome! Make that push for new and new and noteworthy. Yeah, you know some bastard. Some everybody, this is our shameless plea to just if just go subscribe. I'll I'll send you five bucks. Yes, dopey, (laughs) dopey, dopey nation. We'll, We'll we'll say dopey nation. Subscribe to church and other drugs. Please, my friend said you should call it. My friend said you should call it God and other drugs. He thought that was Brad. Thought that was catchier. Well, we're that it, we're, we're also we're gonna because we like to to bag on mega church culture and like the uh, Joel Osteens. Yeah, so. right, right. And and Brad has no God in his life, Bradley. <laughs> Do you, Brad? <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, but thank you. And Dopey Nation, yeah, subscribe to Church and Other Drugs. They don't do anything I say, though. Dopey Nation never fucking wrote any hate mail to Shane that <laughs> they sober did. guy. What do you mean they did? Two people did. Hate mail? 
not hate Neil. Do you actually hate him? Let's finish no. You don't hate him. I want to no, say some good things about him. Beef. You're trying to start a. Uh, yeah. He, he, he I want to start a feud. I want to start a recovery yes, feud because I think it could get us down. But he recognized. <laughs> that's my shameless thing. I love Shane, that sober guy. You love him. I man. love Shane. He's helping tons of people. I want to have a fake feud. What do you want from me? It's my dream. Right. And I don't want to feud with Jay and Jed. They're our buddies. We got a feud with Shane. Yeah, we, we can team up. I'll start bagging him on Facebook. No, don't, don't. I'm sorry, Shane. I'm sorry. I'm just playing. I don't want to. I don't want a real feud. You guys, thank you so much. We we yeah, really really appreciate it. Yeah. Later, guys. Later. All right. See ya. All right, Dave had his chocolate post uh, recording with Jed and Jay. And you need to you see, and you need to put me down. Why? Because you have chocolate. Uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. How did I put you down? Because you're feeling uncomfortable about what we're about to do. What are we about to do? You're about to intrigue with this girl from South America. I'm not intriguing with this girl in South America. So D- Dave thinks that because I asked this girl who emailed us from South America. That who thought I had a sexy voice? Who thought you had a sexy you voice? Stepping that, on my yeah, shit, he, son. He, he thinks I'm intriguing her, which is a term. How in sexy do I sound <laughs> right now? Which, which is a term. Hold on. Why don't you come over and we can have some? You, you really sh- you have a lost tape. Just you shut up. Tape. Shut up. We can have some chocolate chocolate chip <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> So Dave, th- <laughs> baby. <laughs> so Dave thinks I'm intriguing this girl from South America, who I will never see, because this is like maybe we can Facetime or whatever. Because I said, <laughs> maybe, I didn't say or whatever, but I said maybe we can Facetime. Or Anyways, whatever. he thinks by me reading this email, which would be bumping several emails to several read hundred, several hundreds. I don't know about several hundred, but dude, why don't we just it. thank Church and other? Yeah, drugs thank you, Church and other for drugs for putting us on. Yeah, that was great. Was I awesome. thought it was awesome. And those yeah. guys are solid, and they had their shit together. Did you see those earphones they had on? Expensive. And they were earphones. laughing at us, scrambling, trying to figure out how to do this. Not to mention, they have a website. They're gonna roll out three episodes on day one. We're probably going to ride on their backs. If we're lucky. <laughs> if, we're lucky. <laughs> if we're lucky, we're going to be water skiing behind the great ship that is church and other drugs. <laughs> Considering how many Christians there are down south who are shooting All right, just coke. let me intrigue with this girl for a second, all right? So this is an email from someone from South America. Someone. Um, I can't. I don't think we're supposed to say her name. She only wanted us to read the second part of her email, which I'm about to read. And she's cute. I thought this was so good. You don't know and this. And she's cute. I don't, say it. And she's cute. And I, I don't talk about... Do- I talk about with my sister a little bit. I don't talk about with my parents. They know it exists, but they don't listen to it. I don't want them to listen to it. To what? But I, to Dopey. I actually read this email to them, though. To my parents. That's how much I liked it. And it was also just something I knew they would think is funny, and it's kind of mild. So, anyways, here's the email. It's from somebody in South America, and we have to only read the second half, because she didn't want us to read the first half. First of all, I am writing this story while stuck on the Pan-American Highway somewhere in the middle of Central America. Central America. I've been in the country capital for the past week, and I'm currently traveling back to the town where I live, and a five-car pileup has completely blocked the highway. So, what better way to kill time than to write a dopey (coughs) story? Also, I'm listening to your Bob Forrest, Dr. Drew, Psych Ward, Antipsychotics, Haldol episode, and it's my favorite one yet. I was working in a psychiatric hospital as a mental health technician slash nursing assistant before moving to Central America, and I've been to detox twice in a psychiatric hospital, so this episode is hitting home. 
Chris, your stories from psych units and treatment centers are absurd and hilarious. Anyway, this story is called The Exorcism. And this is why I'm reading it, because Exorcism, Church and Other Gods, I feel like it tied in. Church and Other Drugs. Church and Other Drugs. Really, he's reading it because he's intriguing this chick. Okay. Is it working? Email me if this is working. Um, You know who you are. Several years ago, I was working in a mall kiosk during Christmas time. I had recently relapsed on heroin after six months clean, and the feelings of despair and hopelessness were heightened by the flood of superficial mall customers. One night, while working alone in the kiosk, I was approached by a customer who was looking for a Christmas gift for her daughter. I had just done a shot of heroin in the bathroom, but I was hiding the effects well. I was showing the customer some of our products when she stopped me and asked me if she could be candid with me about something. I know this sounds crazy, she told me, but I feel like God is speaking to me right now and he's telling me that you are in a lot of pain. She proceeded to tell me that she was a member of AA, she had been in the program and sober for over 10 years, and although she knew nothing about my story, she felt like God was telling her to reach out and help me. Mind you, I am not a religious person, but considering the state of despair that I was in, there was something comforting about her and the fact that someone could see me hurting. In hindsight, I'm sure I just looked really fucked up and it was one addict recognizing another addict rather than divine intervention. I didn't admit anything about myself, but she handed me her number and told me that she was a massage therapist and that I could call her if I ever needed her help. The next day, I decided to call and schedule a massage appointment with her. I have a bad back from being a gymnast for nine years, so I saw the massage as a reasonable excuse to see this woman again. She was very friendly when I arrived at her clinic, and after a quick consult about my back pain, she had me undressed and lie on the massage bed. While massaging my back, she began to tell me about her life in recovery and about her young daughter, who was a heroin addict. I appreciated her vulnerability and decided to open up to her about my heroin addiction. She listened attentively to my story while she continued to massage my back. At some point, she stopped me and said, This is what I felt when God told me you needed my help. She then asked if I had a sponsor. I told her that I didn't, though I had two in the past two years. She then told me that she would be my new sponsor without asking if that was something that I wanted. She proposed that we get started on step work right away, but there was something she felt like I needed to do first. The woman proceeded to tell me that she does exorcisms and that her daughter had recently gotten clean off of heroin after she performed an exorcism on her. She said that she believed the reason I had been to treatment unsuccessfully so many times was because I had a passenger who was hanging onto my soul. It wasn't part of me, according to her, but it was a dark spirit who had attached itself to me and it was the driving force of my unholy decisions. She then tells me that she's going to perform an exorcism on me and rid me of my parasitic demon friend. Before I have the chance to process what's happening, the woman starts speaking in tongues, occasionally throwing in, may the power of Christ rebuke you, (laughs) while my naked ass is on her massage bed, somewhere between highly entertained and terrified. This continued for several minutes. When the woman finally stopped, all I could say was, so did it work? She paused for several seconds, scanning my body with her hands. It's really in there, she told me. At that moment, I received a call from my mom, who was waiting for me in the parking lot. I told the woman I had to go, and maybe we could try to expel the demon another day. She let me put my clothes on, and I literally ran out her door and got into my mom's car. I blocked the woman's number and never spoken to her again. Peace. Such and such. So, did she get exercised? I think it was an unsuccessful exorcism. So, you think the shadow is still on that your girlfriend's That was a, a quack exorcist. I didn't, I even, Charlotte, Charlatan. How do you say that? Charlatan? Charlatan. Charlatan. I even exorcist. missed the part that she was an ex-gymnast for nine years. 
I'm surprised you missed that part. That seems like a part you would pick up on. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. That's the only part you heard. No, I didn't hear that part. I, I, I heard... I don't know what I heard. I, that's a crazy story. I, I think that it, it reminds... You know what it reminds me of, though? When anybody tells you they're going to sponsor you, and you don't ask them, you know you're in for a bumpy ride. Yeah. Anybody you know, that can do that. You know, I just got a message from Jed... He said, so a fucking course, my mic didn't record. Can you please send a copy of the recording? <laughs> wow, there it is. You see? Uh, Bumpy Road making podcasts. Let's see, I might have to drop box. All right, we're, we're doing a show here. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we're done with the show. We're definitely done. We're done with the show. That was a show. great email. Thank you. Thank you, Dopey Nation. Thank you, Jed and Jay. Church and other Church and drugs. other drugs. And, st- and uh, write us a review. The, literally, it is crack for us when we get a review on the Apple iTunes, Apple Podcast app, or on iTunes. If you want to make the co It's not my drug of choice. You like it, dude. But it's not my drug of choice. (laughs) What's your drug of choice? I like emails. You like emails? Yeah, I like long emails that are complimentary. I like... What about long dinners that are complimentary? Because you had one of those tonight. Yeah, I like long... What is up? Billy Brew, thank you for dinner. We never got a chance to really, you know, thank you. Just Dave and I on air. And we just want to say we really appreciate it. You guys said such nice things. You probably set my recovery back about five years because you stroked my ego and Dave's ego so much. I, it was such a nice dinner, though. It was great. We had shrimp cocktail. We had tuna tartare, two fillets. Um, he had the ribeye. He had big jumbo shrimps. He brought us gifts. It was fucking great, dude. Bread and butter up the yin-yang. Great guy. I, had, I, I limited myself to one Diet Coke because I didn't want to really blow <laughs> yeah. up the But I was thinking about getting another one. I really was. Uh, Were you? I went for the seltzer. Were you thinking of the limit, second one? I limited myself to one You limited yourself to five shrimp? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, That was the funniest. That we you had. know it's a good place when they uh, price the shrimp according to How many the number you get? of shrimp. No, they, they're, like, they're like, would you like, would you like four shrimp or six shrimp? And, the guy, and, and Billy says, oh, we'd like six shrimp. And then, you know, the shrimp comes and... And then I look down and there's two left and Billy says, you guys, help yourself. And, and Chris says, oh, no, 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 I, I couldn't have any more. I said, I said, Chris, there were six shrimp. We've all each had one. And Chris said, no, actually, I've had three. No, I've had <laughs> two. <laughs> two, you're embellishing. I know. Okay, uh, so that's it. Toodles, please drop us that review. I would be just... So you'd prefer a review to an email. I prefer a review. I like emails too. How about a negative review or a positive email? Hmm. I, I like that number going up on the reviews a lot, but a positive email, of course. No more negative reviews, whoever's leaving. A, a negative, negative email or a negative review. Negative review. Negative nothing. You keep your negativity <laughs> to Reddit, okay? Yeah. Spare me. Let me have my sleep. Okay. All right. Are we down here? Stay strong. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and two tolls. Goodbye. All right. Stop that shit. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad.
I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had